Hi, this is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. My guest today is Comedy Wood. The pronouns used are she, her, hers. Comedy Wood is the founder and CEO of Live Joy Your Way and the Authentic Me Rise Up program. An international best-selling author, Comedy is driven to support both teens and adults struggling with perfectionism, to let go of stress, overwhelm, and anxiety. Comedy is a certified life coach, board certified by the American Association of Drugless Practitioners, trained in conscious parenting and conscious uncoupling. Comedy aims to meet her clients where they are, supporting and guiding them on the journey back towards inner confidence, energy, and empowerment to be themselves both personally and professionally. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. You are welcome. So at the time of this recording, we are knee deep in quarantine. <laughs> yes, ma'am, we are. <laughs> so you're a mother as well, right? Yes, I am. I have five children. My oldest is 18 and my youngest is six. So we have a full house right now. That's right. And it's not normally a full house during your average working day, I would imagine. Correct. Basically, um, my day usually involves getting everybody up in the morning and then I run the carpool run for the younger children. Mm-hmm. The older ones drive themselves to school and usually the house is quiet. It's myself and the dogs and I'm able to do my work at home in peace. <laughs> you identify as an introvert or an extrovert? I am definitely an introvert. So so you've, you've got, have this beautiful, lovely family that I'm sure most of the time you enjoy and yet you can release them into the world and then come home <laughs> to your sanctuary. Yes. Oh my gosh, you say that so beautifully. It's my That's world, so true. Smaller family. <laughs> that is so true. As an introvert, it's so nice to have that space to get into your own personal zone. Mm-hmm. And Honestly, I mean, that's why I work really well one-on-one with my clients because it's just the two of us. We are able to connect. I'm able, I'm, I'm an empath by nature too. So mm-hmm. I really do relate to my clients, but having that space mm-hmm. to just kind of be myself mm-hmm. and then suddenly now I'm in this position of, it's really difficult to get space at all. <laughs> <laughs> We're like literally an arm's length away from having somebody on a Zoom call attending, you know, first grade class. And then in the other room is somebody attending their dance class. And it's just, it's an interesting, an interesting time. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So how are you managing your needs and your boundaries right now? Oh, that is such a great question. Um, I have to be very conscious of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy to fall into, especially myself. Mm -hmm. I, the reason why I work with high achievers is I am one, right? So I walk the walk, um, recognizing that it's easy for me to fall into the, oh, sure. I can take care of that or I'll do that too. So I have to be very cognizant on a daily basis of making sure my self care and my, honestly, the self-compassion I'm practicing with me Mm-hmm. happens because it's so easy to just um, forget, you know, you're because you, th- there's people all around you. And so um, I'm very diligent about making sure that I'm a checking in with how I'm feeling uh-huh. and two figuring out what it is I need. And then from that place, either communicating to other people 
or recognizing, okay, I really do need space right now. And luckily in North Carolina, where I am, we're able to at least go for walks still. We're not like confined specifically to our house. So I will then say, you know what, I need some space. I'm going to go take a walk, you know, things like that. So I'm able to really understand what it is I need. And then from there, communicate or take care of it myself if it's a self-soothing issue. So you have a really practiced way of interrupting and honoring that think, feel, do triangle. You're slowly nodding your head. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know, and I'm slowly nodding my head because it's the recognition that it wasn't always that way. Yeah. You know, that came with that work, that, that self work. Uh And that's what I truly work with my clients on is okay. Recognizing your past patterns and then either recognizing the triggers or recognizing what it is, you know, for me, it was the inner critic that would pop in. Mm -hmm. And so it was learning to recognize it saying, Oh, there you are. I hear you. I hear you inner critic. Thanks for showing up. I know you're here to, to, to show me something or to remind me of something, recognize you, but I'm not going to go off and let you kind of run my world. It's sort of that recognition of, okay, now I need to reset Mm -hmm. and reset myself. And so, yeah, to what you said, yes, I'm, I'm very cognizant and I have a very, um, aware practice in that um, respect of really getting in touch with what I, what I need. So I have read, um, I can't remember the original source, but I've, I've found some other things, um, studies. So between stimulus and response, there's like, the average is like maybe four seconds, but the first thing Mm -hmm. I read was 1.7 seconds. So stimulus response, thinking of that think, feel, do triangle, right? So you've got the stimulus, it triggers your feeling and you do an action like that's so little time to make a decision. Mm-hmm. So right. how, how, what are some ways that people can begin their practice of interrupting that and being mindful of their thoughts mm-hmm. and being able to have that very director, um, you know, a sort of out of body experience to recognize, yeah. you know, okay, the perfectionist or the sloth or the achiever or whatever yeah. needs to, um, honor the feeling that they're telling you. Yeah. How do you? So, yeah. How do you do that? Well, it's so interesting because what we have to recognize is these patterns that we have later on in life, they started when we were younger. Yeah. Right. So they just, and and that's what happens is we have these things that occur either we, we hear messages, we have experiences when we're younger, what have you, we have these beliefs and and thought patterns that are put into play when Mm -hmm. we're younger And so then as we get older, we end up being very reactive, right? Right. We're not coming from a generative place. And so I I have said routinely that um, awareness is the doorway to change. Mm -hmm. So when you finally become aware, I'm being reactive and not generative. That means that you're ready to step through that doorway of change. Okay. And when you, sorry, sorry, (laughs) when somebody, when a client comes with you to, uh, they get to that awareness. How do you celebrate that? Um, well, the first thing to do that I always do is I, I make them actually celebrate yes, themselves. Yes. So it's not up to me to celebrate them. Absolutely. It's for them to recognize, oh my goodness, like I'm finally aware. I'm aware that I have been on autopilot. I've been operating on autopilot for a majority of my life. And it is time to be like, oh my, like, yay. You, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to actually take the controls mm-hmm. of this, you know, this plane that I'm flying or whatever analogy you want to use. 
And when you're aware and you're celebrating that, that's the moment that you're ready to then start peeling back those layers and figuring out what patterns don't work for you. What thought beliefs, where did they come from? And then how can we heal from them? And then what are the steps to start moving forward? And to your original question, that practice comes, What how to get there is to actually start practicing mindfulness. And when I say mindfulness, I'm not talking about a 20 minute meditation. Yes, that's a way to practice mindfulness. What I'm saying is learn to practice slowing down and get in your present moment with something as simple as what do my five senses, like what are they experiencing right now? Mm -hmm. What do I hear in this moment? You know, because we will go through our day and we don't hear half of what's going on in our world because we are literally on autopilot, just reacting, 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 next thing on our list, next thing. I, I'm, I do that all the time and I have to slow it down and be like, okay, seriously, like in this minute, what am I hearing? What do I see around me? What can I touch? What does that taste in my mouth? You know, really get in touch with the present moment because when we're there and we're actually present in that specific moment, that's the pattern interrupt. That's when you can actually realize, oh, I'm about like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a certain way. I've been triggered. Now I can choose. I can choose to do something different this time. I don't have to go with the original and you're right. It happens in split seconds, but the work that I do with my clients and what we work on is practicing this Mm -hmm. and making it that new pattern. Because when we do create this new pattern, that 1.7 seconds or whatever you said, it, we're able to do that pattern interrupt in that split. Right. Right. Like an example I often use when I'm talking about things like this is road rage, right? Mm. So you're driving along, doing your thing. And so depending on what place you're coming from, it doesn't really matter because you want to be able to interrupt it, whether you're coming from joy or anger or something in between or totally different. And uh, so the guy cuts you off and it's like, okay, how are we going to, what decision are you going to (laughs) make? Right. Yeah. 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 So I had a question and then it left me. Oh, right. So as a, a mother, mm-hmm. I don't think it seems to matter how planned out all the children were. I think there is like not planned or planned, right? I think there's a moment where as a mother, especially we really get into that pattern, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, for lots of reasons. And some people break it early and some people don't, but, I definitely have um, a number of people in my world where that that self forgetting mm-hmm. became really really common. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a it's a little different. I mean this this kind of thing can happen for lots of people, but it's a little different when you're caring for other people. So like um, an example would be my my mom. We had limited financial resources growing up, and so she used had the same eyeglasses for years and years and years. And they were the terrible eighties glasses that are actually coming yeah. back in style. Bizarre. <laughs> another topic for another day. Right. Uh, and, and a thing that she would argue is like, well, I need to take care of you kids first. Right. Right. And so how, is there anything different you do with moms to help coach them out of, out of those patterns? Um. You know, I, it's the same concept that I use with all of my clients, but I really emphasize what self-compassion means with moms. Um, And, and yes to what you, yes to all of what you said. I know that I've been somebody who's done that before where it's like, 
I've had the same New Balance sneakers for years because it's like, oh, we need cleats and we need, you know, a field hockey stick and, we, you know, and the list goes on. And and all of a sudden I look down, I'm like, okay, my sneakers are ridiculous. Like I really need to go get new sneakers. <laughs> and then yet it gets put put on the list, you know, mm-hmm. later, later, mm-hmm. got to take care of them first. Um, so what I really emphasize with my moms is the actual act of self-compassion. And what I mean by that is, recognizing they are human too. Mm -hmm. They have needs and it's okay. It's not selfish. And whatever is happening, they're doing the best that they can and giving them that space, that safe space to actually celebrate small wins and big wins, but also recognize their struggles. They're not alone. They're not isolated. It is common, but above all that they have to recognize that they are, you know, spiritual beings having a human experience yes. and they really are doing the best they can with whatever information they have. And, and I know that another thing that moms deal with a lot is just that guilt over maybe making the wrong decision. And I say wrong in, in air quotes there, because we feel like we may have messed up our children because we chose X instead of Y. Mm-hmm. And it's learning to, again, practice that I'm, I love my child Mm -hmm. and I'm doing the best I can right now. The information I had in front of me made that seem like the best decision, but now I've learned something from this and I'm going to carry that going forward, but not to sit in that, that judgment stage, right? Where it's like, I'm just this terrible human, or even going back to your example of they don't, they don't take care of their needs or buy things for themselves because they're taking care of their children. I mean, in that is this, um, it's a, a covert way of judgment, right? Like I wouldn't be a good mother if I got my own shoes, right? So it's like, it, it's it's this, it, um, it's a hidden judgment, if you will. And so it's uncovering those for ourselves and really having moms recognize it, recognize those hidden judgments and bring them to the table, bring them to that surface level so we can deal with them awesome. and we can recognize, oh no, that's you getting shoes or you getting new eyeglasses is not selfish. Like for your mom's example, it'd be like, well, if you can see better, then you'll feel better. And when you feel better, you show up more presently for your children. So ultimately it's not selfish to take care of yourself because now you're showing up more presently with your children. So it's really breaking it down for yeah. my mom. <laughs> A random piece of karma, I suppose, for your my own mother. She ended up working as an optician for years and it's so awesome. she has had so many trendy glasses <laughs> to pay for those poor sad things that she wore for so long oh it's awesome I love it <laughs> on that note I think we should take a little break I love aligning my days with nature's rhythms and I made a tool to make it easier I would like to introduce you to my moon deck My Moon Deck is a perpetual calendar, a calendar that never expires. This 86-card deck with booklet will allow you to lay out your day, week, or month and overlay the sun and the moon with the elements and with the celebrations from the Wheel of the Year. This tool, drawn and created by me, Michelle Lassley, will be your fun, whimsical, and practical tool to see how nature and its rhythms can support you. If you want to learn more and get your own deck today, visit www.michellelassley.com slash moon deck. 
I can't wait to help you align your time with nature and my perpetual calendar, the moon deck. Welcome back. So you wrote a book. I did. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I did. It's um it's called Ohm Life's Gentle Reminders and it's actually a compilation of analogies. It's not a book that you read front to back. It's um more of I guess um something similar to it would be Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. Okay. Um where it's sort of um like I said, compilation of analogy. So it's small stories of taking everyday occurrences that might seem like nuisances or frustrations or stressors and reframing them to look at it in a different way that could foster either growth or um, just honestly self-growth or different ways of looking at it to um, look at things a little more positively. Yeah. And it's not, it's not to say spiritual bypass because I know that's used a lot. It's like, oh, you're just, you know, pendulum swing thinking there. It's like, you know, changing it. It's like, no, I'm taking it at face value, but then saying, if you look at it this way, you could actually see how one could grow from that experience or could relate it to a growth experience. So you made a comment about spiritual bypass just now, and mm-hmm. I haven't specifically heard that phrasing, but what uh, I have been aware of is sometimes when, because I, den- I tend to be very more optimistic, that's kind of my default. Mm-hmm. And people who are not naturally as optimistic as I am will sometimes chide me for being too Pollyanna. You're yep. rose coloring it. You're not actually working through the thing. Is that kind of what you mean by spiritual bypass? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's why I said also the other way I, I refer to it as pendulum thinking, pendulum swing yeah. thinking, because yeah. it's like, oh, you know, instead of saying this is terrible, you swing to the opposite well, the truth is your brain's not going to think. And, and so I love affirmations, but there are times when, you know, an affirmation is a pendulum swing yeah. thought where it's like, it's not this, it's the polar opposite. And your brain knows that that's not true. So what it's to say, no, let's get to that middle ground. And so that's why I make a point of saying this isn't spiritually bypassing. It's not pendulum swing thinking. It's not recognizing the thing for what it is. Uh-huh. It's saying the thing is what it is, but this is what I'm going to take from it. Yeah. Like you, there's always that choice point. Mm-hmm. That's how I approach it with positive thinking. It's there's a choice point involved where I get to choose how I react to a situation because something is not good or bad. It's our, like the way we see it, that makes it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in facilitation, one of the things that we like to talk about is that there's multiple truths. Yes. And yep. so that's um, how I'm, how I'm reframing it. So you like to work with uh, teens and things. <laughs> <laughs> things. <laughs> I do. Um, so here's the thing. I'm a mom of teens, but beyond that, I once was a teen. <laughs> and I recognize that a lot of my own perfectionism and need to please, it started when I was younger, but it it almost cements itself in those teen years where there are so many shoulds and there are so many ought tos. And so I'm really passionate about working with that age group, the the teens to young adults, like that college age where, you know, you're in that in-between stage where there are so many shoulds around you and it's, what are you going to do with your life? And you're 18. Like, you don't really know. And you also need to hear like, guess what? It's okay. 
you're okay for being who you are. And um, especially if you tend to be one of those high achievers and those perfectionist people pleasers, if you don't start addressing those issues early on, you get into your 30s and 40s and suddenly you look around and you're like, oh my goodness, I have defined everything about me from external, mm-hmm. ex- externally. You know, I'm living up to those expectations or I'm living up to those validations. And you have that, hopefully, I say hopefully, but you have an awakening, awakening that says, oh wait, it should come from the inside out. And my uniqueness and what I bring to this world from inside, not from the outside, but from the inside out, that's the gift, right? That's the gift for the world. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's why, I mean, I feel like if we can work with these teens who are, oh, by the way, also under extreme stress and pressure, given the fact that, you know, they now have to, they've got, you know, social media to deal with. They've got, you know, academic stressors. They've got um, family stressors. I mean, you name it, they've got it. And so it's like, well, let's, let's support them. Let's support them through this process rather than kind of leave them out there to be like wing it. And the other reason why I'm so passionate about working with them is because, you know, I truly believe that mom and dad should be mom and dad. Mm. It's really hard. It's really hard to be mom and dad and also trying to help them when your teen is so stressed and overwhelmed and having being, being that third party who can be that an extra support system for the teen, which allows mom and dad to actually get to enjoy, you know, get to love on their child without constantly feeling like they've got to manage their child. Um, it allows for that, that relationship to flourish as well. Well, I love that. So through your work, you've developed authentic me, uh, mm-hmm. a rise up program. What is, mm-hmm. what is that? Okay. So rise up stands for, um, reveal, uh, inner work, self-awareness, elements, unlearn, and program. And what all of that encompasses is, in a succinct way, is we're going, like, my work with people is to help them reveal those old stories, reveal those old thought patterns, do that inner work, become self-aware, figure out what elements work, what tools work, what don't.